Hey everyone, back again. I'm going to talk about Nietzsche's idea of chasantima, uh, which I'm taking from the genealogy of morality or the genealogy of morals, depending on which version you have, which I've covered on here. So if you want a, a fuller investigation of the term that is chasantima, you can go and listen to that or just read the book would obviously be best. Now, before jumping into it, you can follow me uh, on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy if you want to mostly see pictures of my cats. Um, if you want to help me out, you can like, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps. Uh, you can help out monetarily if you want, but obviously no pressure. I want to extend a thanks to everyone that has. Your help is, I can't thank you enough. If you're listening to this in podcast form, you can find the video on YouTube if you're interested in that. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can find it in podcast form where there shouldn't be any ads or anything because those are obviously annoying. Uh, and yeah, don't waste any more of your time. So this idea is coming out of the gene genealogy of morality in which Nietzsche seeks to explain that morality isn't something natural. That is, the way that we understand things to be good and bad doesn't just fall out of the sky. It isn't, it isn't born within us. It is something we learn. So he provides a pretty interesting example of a lamb and a bird of prey. And he says that the lamb in our world would be viewed as a victim to the bird of prey, as though the bird of prey hated the lamb, when in fact the bird of prey loves the lamb because it tastes so good. Now, what happens is that the lamb, because of their relatively uh, subordinate position to the bird of prey, then comes to reflect upon their own life and to say, I don't like this. I don't like the situation I'm in. That bird of prey is bad because of what they're doing to me, because of how bad my life is. So Nietzsche uses this example to say, that in the case of people who view their lives as being bad, who, in his terms, say no to their own lives, internalize a hatred of themselves, which he calls chesantima, which is resentment, but directed towards oneself. Now, it doesn't stop there. Chesantima is also a way by which people justify scapegoating others. So take, for example, um, conspiracy theories, which are often used to scapegoat other people. And there are a lot more affinities between conspiracy theories or those people that espouse them and those suffering from chasantima, but I'm not going to get into that here. But they seek out explanations for their suffering. And the one way I love to think about that, like with conspiracy theories, is the way that um, migrants, for example, are um, scapegoated for a country's problems. So people turn to who they perceive to be a threat to them. So having some degree of power, they must or else they wouldn't pose any kind of threat. And then they are blamed for a group's or a person's malaise, their uh, poor situation in life. And this can manifest in a series of different ways. One such way that is extremely important for Nietzsche is the adoption of an ascetic ideal so ascetic, A-S-C-E-T-I-C, -E refers to a life of, kind of a life of hardship, a life that refuses happiness, that refuses joy in favor of 
self-discipline in favor of self-surveillance is one of the terms, at least in the English version, um, a kind of life of self-hatred. And we might think here of the kind of puritanical spirit of the, you know, the southern United States where you're not allowed to drink, you're not allowed to smoke, you're not allowed to do anything fun. It's all about repent, repenting for God, which Nietzsche says is quite indicative of a turn to hating oneself because you are closing yourself off to the joys of life. Now, this is another way in which he draws a very stark contrast between people who have power and those who do not. Where in this framework, people who have power at the time, you know, he's referring to the noble class, are people who um, say yes to life. And they say yes to the things that happen to them. Whereas those people without power say no. And they say, you can't do that to me because of X, Y, and Z reasons, like, um, because there's a legal apparatus in place to defend them from that, which is just arbitrarily established. Now, with that being said, as a kind of sidebar, this is obviously extremely problematic, especially when we consider the way that marginalized groups are vying for their own, uh, their own freedom, emancipation from rule. But I think we can also use this to look at these kinds of movements, especially the kinds of movements that we're seeing in the United States, Canada, and everywhere else, essentially, of people grabbing life, essentially, by the horns and doing what they want with it. That is, they're saying, I'm going to command my life and I'm going to fight with strength against who I view to be an arbitrary tyrant, essentially, not some kind of like noble uh, establishment through force, but kind of arbitrary holder of power. So this kind of revolt can be seen in my mind as a way to fight against that ressentiment because ressentiment causes stagnation. It tells people to hate oneself, to whip oneself, to not do anything meaningful and to just live like a hermit essentially not enjoying the joys of life where revolt is something that in so many cases is a matter of enjoying the joys of life and taking them for oneself being able to say i want this for myself and i can think of no better people to be stand-ins for chassantiment today than those people that close themselves off in churches in um disciplinary or put a lot of faith in disciplinary institutions to foreclose possibility, to limit people's possibility, to limit people's joy, and to essentially control. These arbitrary forms of control that are imposed not to expand life, not to say yes to life, but to maintain a puritanical system of self-surveillance, control en masse, like just without any kind of um, with any kind of limits. And honestly, this is just my opinion about it. I'm trying to use Nietzsche from obviously my own political ends, uh, given the situation today. Now, for those in the United States, I obviously don't live there, uh, but this is your last day to vote. Go and do it. Uh, I'm obviously on the side of the most left-wing candidate, which is obviously Joe Biden. But in any case, uh, vote left 
and do it today. Because if you don't do it today, who knows what the hell you're going to get in four more years. Um, yeah, that's my own spiel. Uh, a kind of way for me to slip in my own propaganda there. But yeah, if I did anything else wrong, if there's more to ressentiment that should be added or considered, um, I'd love to hear about it. If uh, you want a more full explanation of it, you can check out my video, which should be on either side here if you're listening to this on YouTube. But yeah, for now, catch you next time.